promise And I energy, yeah, me bow for it Now send me bow money and ten be If it's a penny for concept for friend Then I balance, yeah Into me grab my candlelights So straight to action, yeah, yeah So I bow my mouth satisfaction Oh, remember what you get more If you're for nothing, girl, say I did That is the song Anadao by Ghanaian rap lord Sakodie featuring the melodic voice for the ladies them King Promise. Side notes, I really really love King Promise. <laughs> Ghanaian music is famous for its melodic style and slow, relaxed pace. Many music genres abound in Ghana, such as high life that originated there and then was adopted in the 1960s by the Igbo community in Nigeria and also by the king of Afrobeat, Fela Anikulapu Kuti. Another music genre popular in Ghana is the hip life. Reggie Rockstone is said to be the godfather of hip life music, although many disagree with this. Ghanaian hip life music fuses Ghanaian cultural music and hip hop. It is mostly sang or performed in the Akan language. Its stylistic origin dates back to high life, hip hop and reggaeton. This sound includes heavy drums, slow trumpets, the, like the, the one you just heard in the song, and use of language, hip-hop beats, and more. It is such an amazing genre, and some of the famous hip-life artists are people like Sakodie, Castro, Samini, Bokbak, Lord Kenya, Obrafo, Tiny, Tic Tac. These are all famous hip-life artists from Ghana. Our read for the week also has a fictional famous hip-life artist called Busy. His real name is Blaze. Our read for the week is Love and Hip-Life by Nana Pra. A story about how a hip-life artist and a multilingual woman about to get her doctorate fall in love. <laughs> Hello, I'm Zaliha. Welcome to NetGang NG. A weekly podcast that explores stories in books, culture, arts, and from the perspective of various creatives. Today's culture journey takes us to Ghana, West Africa, and we are plenty excited. Love and Hip Life follows the life of Ghanaian famous hip life artist Blaze and multilingual and number one hip life fan Lamisi and how their paths crossed in a story that explores love, obsession, ego, ethnicity, culture and various kinds of decisions. Lamisi and Blaze meet on a hike up of Mount Ajato, the highest peak in West Africa and it sparked their love story. This mountain is in Ghana. 
it started from misunderstandings and 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 and, and prejudice and then to her helping him to a hospital to getting threats from an obsessive obsessive lover and then love love and more love like the book is very feel good it's it's love i mean <laughs> there are a lot of all moments and also the cringe moments and all other moments that encompass, encompass this book to make it amazing the author used poetry in this book so well i remember one of the poems right at the end it's not really poetry but like the lyrics of one of his songs and um one of it is okay you, you listen to this i am not worthy of such a blessing as her the woman of fate had me longing for more light in her eyes laughter from her mouth kindness from her soul bring me to a state of need too great to contain my world has been thrown of course and its true path set it is with her that i see the future flow <laughs> can you hear that like did you hear what i just read like the book was filled with um poetry like that and words used by the musician to describe how poetic he is that's blaze he's described as somebody who is in tune with his emotions who knows exactly what he wants and that's why he's a hip life artist like his family doesn't wouldn't necessarily have been a typical family would have allowed their child to be a musician considering that they were muslim and the religion doesn't really work well with it but like because of his passion and his endearment to the um to the music and to poetry and to words he became an artist so um they used a lot of language a lot of french was used in the books because the hip life artist was trying to break into other west african countries the the francophone parts of west african countries the use of language and music with the use of language and music style now let me ask you a question do you think that musicians all over the world need to adopt the language of the community they want to break into like the music community they want to break into even though english is the most widely spoken language in music what do you think like do you think this is what ha- do you think that um when musicians want to break into a new market with their music they tend to want to get into the kind of music style and the language used in the, in, in that country in today's western africa music adaptation um by some western artists we see the influence of either lingua or rhythm you'll see some examples from from albums like Beyonce's Lioness King album and on Rotimi Rotimi's single In My Head you know the use of all those lingua um using juju and you know the kind of lingua that is mostly prominent in western africa and a host of other musical collaborations between the west and african countries now blaze the protag one of the, the the musician in the book was trying to get into the francophone region and lamisi was a perfect help to him to help him because she was very fluent in french and we explored the um 
um Côte d'Ivoire we are explored Côte d'Ivoire and I liked how the author described African countries I liked her investments in them and how she was able to even down to like their music type she talked about the Zogolu music like general music that is mostly played in Francophone countries there was also like a discussion on marriage and religion most especially the Islamic religion and how Blaze was a bit skeptical to ask Lamisi out because he didn't want it to go far if his parents didn't approve. Now, how important is parental approval for a life partner? And do we let difference in religion decide how and who we choose for a partner? There was also the tribal and ethnic difference and language difference between with Blaze being from the northern region and speaking Hausa. But he was also able to speak many other languages from Ghana, Ghanaian pool of languages. We have like Iwe, the Akan, the Twi. Lamisi was also from the northern region, however, but Blaze didn't get this information. Even us, we didn't know this information until much later. But how important is the how important is this um the whole idea of ethnicity and tribe from where you are how important is it with choosing a partner and also with religion and stuff it's really bothered blaze in this movie because it was something an internal struggle for him he liked her immediately saw her their spirits flowed you know how we do now our spirits will flow blah 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 (laughs) when you say you meet someone and the person just flows with you probably a soulmate or whatever do we think that it is now our head now tends to tell us oh this person isn't from my tribe this person isn't from my religion how do you deal with cross-cultural or cross-ethnic or cross-religious um partnerships when i mean partner when i say partnership i mean like love love affairs and marriages and stuff how do you deal with this like the whole family drama the entire ostracization because there's usually ostracized these people are usually ostracized from their normal like life because they've decided to mix with other what people term as other then (laughs) there was also something interesting that came up in the book that was the issue of the nigerian one-sided ego story (laughs) if you don't know what i'm talking about let me explain this now you know the idea of the whole Ghanaian and Nigerian love thing? I always felt like Nigerians tend to live in a bubble of their own. I don't know if I'm making sense. Like, we, we don't treat other African countries. We always want to be put on a pedestal. We're like, we're like that uncle that needs his ego to be stroked just so... Because we're, we, we we just have the upper hand in the family and stuff like that. So, um, around West Africa, Nigeria is labeled the giant of Africa, and sometimes I think it gets into our heads as to how we relate, especially how we relate with other African countries. Like, um, we are kind of like snobbish. Now, it's manifested in one of the statements. Now, there was a kind of like a villain in the book. Her name was Diola. She's the billionaire oil heiress that was dating Blaze or was in kind of relationship with him somehow. And when Blaze was talking about how he wanted to break into the Frank phone, um, 
markets she now told him oh your music will tank nigerians won't buy the music and that nigerians are all that matter in west african music and that english is the way to go that we tolerate that we nigerians tolerate Ghanaian local mu- language music because of the beats and the rhythm and all that do you think if you're a nigerian and you're listening to this do you think this this is true i get it i get that our, our music is the most popular kind of within the west african region so, but um this are power play on ego like there were some comments that the girl the way the author described it i believe she this is kind of the kind the 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 the, the, the notion that most our brothers and sisters in the other our neighboring countries in west africa this is how they feel about us we're usually very boastful and very loud and very <sighs> not saying not saying nigerians are not cool and all that or that they don't they don't really learn about other cultures but you, if you go on twitter you know what i mean you know these wars now it's it's degenerating to stuff and then you guys be like oh we are the kings but blah 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 yeah 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 we we, we <sighs> <laughs> i don't know if i should continue this conversation because i'm supposed to be on the nigerian side but yeah there's a conversation we still have to like broach in the future i think or like right now because um nigerians are not very accommodating of our neighbors our when i say accommodating i'm not talking about, about our government i'm looking about our people our people are friendly yeah nigerians are friendly but Nigerians also have this ego thing like oh we're better than you and i'm like we're really well we're all in this boat together <laughs> anyways let's move on let's talk about um acid baths acid baths yeah it came up in this book acid baths do you know what i'm talking about well i'm talking about the situation where someone pours acid on a person's face so that their face will be disfigured yep i know you just screamed <laughs> it happens and um i have i have heard of a story very close to um me a story that i think i can i could confirm at the time in this book um lamisi was threatened with an acid bath like she was poured like water but imagine if it was acid. Now she had already, she, had, she, she in her mind, she had already waited for impact. Let that be cloying as her face. Yeah, there are lots of crazy stuff in the book as well. But it's it's really a lovely book. But this acid bath thing happens where a lover feels disappointed or angry, obsessive, and then when the other partner decides that oh, I'm no longer interested, the the aggrieved partner sort of goes to get acid acid and pause it on the face of the person to disfigure them so that they are not if if i can have you then nobody else it's kind of obsessive and crazy and criminal the story i'm talking about was when i was in uni um there was a girl they they mentioned that she she was in english language at that time and that she and her friend were dating these two guys but they were kind of aggressive and abusive and stuff so the girl went and told this her boyfriend her family knows the guy you know they're from the same tribe again about the ethnicity and stuff but like they're from the same tribe their parents work the same jobs blah 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 so they were like the perfect match but the guy was a bit abusive according to the story so the girl decided that she was no longer going to date the guy so one day one very fateful day 
on a normal evening when young people go out you know take a stroll with their lovers she was just walking along the parts that leads to like the school gate or something and then she was poured acid by this guy now the impact was the girl was standing close to like a church there's a church a chapel and school and she didn't really know what happened but she felt the stink so she was trying to um claw it out of her face and then she moved towards like a headlight there's a headlight in front of a an all boys hostel so the boys came thinking okay maybe it was pepper or something was really hurting her so they poured water wow they poured water on her face this thing even made it worse like her face burnt like really burnt and her chest and all of that so they had to take her to the hospital she looked really damaged after that i think she got a skin graft after but i'm not sure how the story ended but um what do you guys think my, my first instinct is to ask where do these people get this acid that they use like the guy eventually in my own story like he was being looked for by the school authorities and then by the local police and you know he was one, most he was wanted but he had moved and funny thing the guy was actually getting his masters or his phd something like that in the school it was a crazy story and do you think you can be that obsessive do you think it is something that should be done to a person simply because maybe you think you've struggled with the person together you beat the person you have done a lot for the person so you decide to disfigure the person it's 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 rather sad that some people think um yeah that kind of stuff hmm so on the back to the matter of love (laughs) this book is filled with a lot of lovely moments you know how all these are romance stories are now to see my face when i was reading it (laughs) now let's let's talk about um asking a person out i mean this story uh blaze was very specific about asking lamisi out asking her to be his girlfriend he asked her lamisi would you be my girlfriend do you think this is something that is still common today we have a lot of um going with the flow in this our generation so (laughs) i don't really know if it's something we still do or if it's um something that is now obsolete um but do we do we um ask out the person that we like most people are just about um oh let's go with the flow but then we then end up with um a bunch of people who are just going who don't really they don't define their relationship so it's very easy for one of the partners be like no that's not what i thought i think if you should define your relationships if you are ever going to be in a relationship with somebody i think you should define it like what are we are we friends or are we lovers are we dating exclusively like you have to be very very specific in this generation are we dating exclusively or are we like open in an open relationship are we friends with benefits yeah friends with benefits you actually have to ask the person that you're with in this generation what kind of per- relationship you guys have are we in a parasitic relationship i don't know like you have to define these things it's really really important like i i i I, do you have a husband do you have a wife you really have to ask these things it's 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 very very it would um be really crazy for you to not um define your stuff i love the use of language in this in this book i wish i could go on and on and talk about like how the language was really um 
it made me enjoy the book more. There was Arabic, there was French, there was English, there was Ewe, there was Akan, you know. There was, there was, it was just an intriguing book. I liked how the author was very um, um, generous with us, with um, even kind of teaching us how to speak these languages in a way speak the words that she printed on text and all of that she she opened her eyes to like oh, the beauty the beauty of language if you're like me you're like a language junkie i can't speak as many languages as lamisi and i definitely cannot even speak as many languages as most people but i do enjoy to um the idea of languages i like the way it connects people i like the way it it reads meaning in a different like in a different way she was talking about the arabic language and she said something that i really really um <laughs> really liked there the, the was when they were at the mosque somewhere and then they went to pray and then after that they met an, an arabic man and then he said something to lamisi in arabic and um blaze was like what did he say and then she she said something really long on like what the guy said like very short and it was like ah, was that all he said he, she now said she now said that um she, that the arabic language is a very um what do you say it's a very succinct language that was what she said i, I don't know that was what she said like it's a very self um it doesn't need many words she that was actually how she described it like the language didn't need many words because it was like self-sufficient or something like that so um she also spoke about french and how it was very poetic and how it was very gentle unlike most of our african languages so if you wanted to speak it you have to actually tone down you know all of that it was it was an enjoyable read it was good for like it was a feel-good book for love and stuff let me know if you have read the book and what you thought about all of the love um in windows and all of that in the book let me know what you think about how nana pra was able to talk about the romance you know the oh it it was it's a lovely read um you can get nana pra's book on okada books i got the copy that i'm reading from okada books i didn't i didn't i didn't get it at the bookstore where i get books from um I got this one from um, Okada Books, so you can check it out there. It's about 900 in Naira. I don't know how much it is in other countries, um, but yeah. So that's that about the book. <laughs> we'll now discuss our culture angle, but before then, let's go for a quick break. Ghanaian weddings. <laughs> On doing my research, I found that Ghanaian weddings are not very different from Nigerian weddings or most West African weddings. They are colorful, they are large, they are loud, and they're generally amazing and just about family. N- about two families coming together. Now, in the Ghanaian traditional wedding, there's usually a spokesperson from both the bride side and the groom side. Not any different from the Yoruba or Malaga 
Alagai Duro and Ijoko and also the Igbos having a spokesperson for the Igbos. It's that spokesperson, even in Ghanaian traditional weddings, that speaks during this meeting. Here, they playfully negotiate the bride prize, the wish list, you know, all the things that are needed for a smooth sailing wedding and a joining of these families. Now, before any of this happens, the um, families have already done like a a background check on on themselves if the family is worthy if the bride is worthy if the groom is worthy you know those kind of things trying to make sure that their families end up with good families because like i said earlier in my previous episodes um african um weddings at least in west africa as i've found it's more about a joining of families rather than just the the, the, the bride and groom themselves so usually in this ceremony there's a spokesperson for the bride side and then they ask for the groom side officially asks for the bride's hand in marriage and then the both sides decide jokingly what kind of gifts they would collect you know all of that but it's 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 still 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 serious stuff but it's more symbolic because they probably would have met before that day um and finalized most of these things then the next is the gifts now the gifts is usually from the the the, giving to the bride's family from the groom there's a in ghana they have something called an akontasikan i don't know if i'm pronouncing it properly um these are gifts given to the bride's siblings for like everything and then they give gifts to the the bride's family for taking care of that like basically when i was reading i was like oh welcome to the typical nigerian wedding like they you have to pay a bride price also called a dowry and then they make a list of boxes clothes jewelry makeup kitchen utensils like a lot of stuff now usually the boxes are very beautiful if you if you if you see even yoruba weddings house weddings Igbo weddings all the nigerian weddings you you have the but then the, the, there's a fake bride fake brides in in the Ghanaian traditional wedding they usually have something called the fake brides now they are they, they, they are given to the groom most of them are covered in veils to ensure that the man knows the woman he truly loves now they, they, they like I said their heads are covered and then the groom has to find out who which of them is actually his bride the bride is the last to enter the ceremony and then, then later they are, the both of them are now officially like married and stuff and stuff like that so it's it's a, a a very wonderful ceremony it's not different even in in the Igbo traditional weddings the bride is given like a cup of wine and then asked to go around to find a husband to give like they're very similar cultures when it comes to weddings now talking about what the the Ghanaians wear their traditional wedding attire now the the, the Ghanaians wear a kente it's the traditional cloth it's so beautiful it has a variety of colors patterns it has different meanings so um some will wear um some will wear white and gold then they will also be um adorned with um tequa is crown like bridal headdress if you've ever seen Ghanaian brides they always have this kind of bead like thing in, in, on the top of their head that falls to their forehead that's what is called the tequa it's gold jewelry and it's colorful beading um it's the it's part of the bride's accessories now the, the bride usually is adorned with a lot of gold necklaces handbands it's it's like a whole lot of stuff but usually very beautiful um 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 stuff so 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 they are very specific um people who are able to make this traditional um Ghanaian attire just like the um Ashoke Nigerian traditional weddings in um 
and Ghanaian weddings they're like the appropriate wedding dresses the husband too adorns um a traditional um attire as well Ghanaian weddings are just as big as just as loud are just as are just as amazing as any other West African wedding when I was um <laughs> researching for this I was so excited because of all of the colors you need to see like some of these Ghanaian brides they look so beautiful like I was just like oh why can't I have like a double wedding when I, <laughs> I have a Ghanaian wedding I have a Nigerian wedding I have like an Ivorian wedding <laughs> well it's a lot of money <laughs> i can't afford that kind of thing at least not now and <laughs> and i don't think i really want something as loud and as as as, as um long as that because it will have to take days for you to come up with all of those um traditions and traditional wear and stuff but yeah it was an amazing journey for me i hope you enjoyed listening to how the Ghanaian culture is about weddings this is definitely not extensive research it is not extensive explanation of what goes on in a Ghanaian traditional wedding but um it's just like a tip of the iceberg if you're really really interested in um learning about their cultures you can always check online their their videos on youtube um and their their articles that are written about um these type of cultures i wish more and more people are able to document most of our culture and cultural um cultural activities because it's it's kind of fascinating i'm a culture junkie i love 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 culture i love history i love everything that has to do with uh, um being the, the the very substance of people and what what makes them thick what makes them what makes their society behave in in such a way i i i love love all of that so um if you're a Ghanaian or any kind of african and you feel like you have some sort of information that will be um that will help us to document most of what we know as africans please 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 do go ahead and help us document it whether it's in the podcast whether it's in youtube videos whether it's and articles we would love to read it at least me like so you're guaranteed of at least one reader or watcher or listener <laughs> yeah 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 thank you so much for listening Mwah. to everyone who has been listening to me so far medase is medase is thank you in twi it's a it's a Ghanaian language <laughs> thank you so much for listening to netgang ng you can follow us on our social media at netgang ng on twitter and on instagram you can also check our website at www.podpage.com slash netgang-ng. You can leave us your email there so that you can join our mailing, our mailing list. Um, it was such a wonderful journey. I hope you enjoyed listening to this journey with me um, going to Ghana in West Africa. Um, so till later, nante ye. That is farewell in or walk well. That's how you you say goodbye to somebody who is departing. It's not really a literal meaning for good. There's no literal meaning for goodbye in Twi, but you say nante ye, like the person should walk well or farewell or something like that. So till later, bye. Mwah. Thank you.